0: Hi, I'm Frank Schong. And I'm Jen Mato. We're the hosts of Asian Enough, and we wanted to tell you about another podcast we're listening to. It's a show full of beautiful, in-depth, searching, and super intriguing conversations made by the folks at NPR, and it is called It's Been a Minute. The host is Sam Sanders. Each week, he makes sense of the world through conversations with people in the culture who deserve your attention. As you listen to this episode of It's Been a Minute, featuring comedian Hassan Minhaj, Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: The thing about 2020 is that just when you think you've adjusted to a new reality, that new reality gets shifted again. If you are like me, you've probably spent the last several months adjusting to coronavirus life. And then for the last several days, you've been glued to your TV and your phone watching headlines about protests and unrest and pain all over this country. Some of you listening were in those protests yourself. If so, stay safe out there. All of a sudden, in just a few days, a different reality to adjust to. New and old questions raised about how we live our lives together day after day. This national moment hurts a lot. And we're going to talk about it all in detail later this week on the show. But for now, today's episode is all about the new reality that existed before those protests started, when the biggest story across the country and the world was just a global pandemic. Back then, just a few weeks ago, we were looking for bright spots for a moment of relief. I interviewed Hassan Minhaj a few weeks ago, and he had so much calm in the middle of the happy but frazzled chaos of home life i caught him, actually, in a very tight window of time.
0: You know what's so funny, Sam, is that, like, I really feel like I have to barrel through this. I already talk fast, but I feel like I have to barrel through this because I have a real-life two-year-old shot clock that's winding down. With, but it's, like the, it's not a 24-second shot clock. It's just a nap shot clock.
1: That two-year-old is his daughter. And while she naps, his wife is caring for the newborn son. This is a reality millions of parents are living through right now, trying to fit work into caring for children, all while under quarantine.
0: You know how, like, they, they say with Montessori, the kids get to pick the subjects? Yeah. With corona, the kids also get to de- determine the scheduling of the day as well.
1: Oh, my god! Like,
0: we had to switch from zone defense to man-to-man now that we have two kids, and so I took the two-year-old, <laughs> and it's like, you know, for me, I, I, the level of appreciation I have for schools and teachers, and I'm not even talking about good or good or bad teachers. I'm not even going to apply value here. I'm just talking about having a place to put your children. Like... That is as a thing is something I took for granted. I realize schools isn't a place for education. It's not a place to learn. I think just hundreds of millions of Americans need places to put these hyper energetic bodies. they He's just aliens. Yeah, yeah. They just have so much energy and they do not stop. And you just need a confined place to put them.
1: <laughs> From NPR, I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. Today, my conversation with Hassan Minhaj. He is a comedian and host of the Netflix show Patriot Act, which returned for its sixth season last month. Of course, the world has changed a lot since the last season ended in December.
0: This is Patriot Act Quarantine Edition. We are now months into the pandemic that has brought the world to its knees. We're all avoiding human contact. We all dress like highway bandits at Trader Joe's, and we have all spent hours FaceTiming the neck fat of our loved ones.
1: Like so many talk shows right now, coronavirus means there's no more studio audience and that Hassan films from a makeshift studio at home. I talked to him during Ramadan, so that gave him a chance to reflect on his faith and talk about what being Muslim means to him. But before we got into that, I caught up with Hassan about his new season and how he's thinking about the world differently right now. Talk our listeners through a day in the life of you working on your show stuff and having the kids, because when I read it, I was like, oh, my God, this requires not not going to call it military precision, but I guess just the patience of Job. Walk us through a day with a two-year-old and work. Right.
0: Okay. So we have a two-year-old and a newborn. And so the newborn is with my wife and, and he's still, you know, it's, it's basically the baby and the boob and they, they have a very close relationship right now. I'm just kind of <laughs> hanging out and helping in any which way that I can. But with my two year old, she gets up around like six 45 or seven. And so I'll get her going between seven to like nine ish. That means, you know, get her changed, get breakfast going for her, do some sort of like an activity with her, just like play, with blocks or puzzles or, or, or read a little bit. And then around nine o'clock, we have the first sort of senior staff check-in meeting. I'll pass her on to my wife while our son, he's already eaten and then he's napping. Then I'll do my first couple rounds of meetings. I'll come back around 11, 30, 12, get her lunch, put her down and then what you're catching right now is the 12 to 2.30, 3 p.m. nap time that she has where ah. I get to get a lot of work done so I can do what I'm doing right now, interviews, I can do writing. Then um when she gets up, again, I'll like take her, we'll just do some sort of activity for a couple hours and then around, you know, uh dinner time, we'll do the whole thing, dinner, shower, like bath, all that sort of stuff. Uh I'll put her down, and then I'll go into the second half of, like, my day, which is a lot more of the writing and the researching. And so that goes from, like, 7 to, like, midnight-ish. Oh,
1: my gosh. <laughs> and all of this is dependent on both of your kids keeping a pretty straightforward and reliable nap-slash-sleep schedule. Yeah. Because if they get their naps off, it screws up the whole day.
0: Yeah, it's just like, look, a curveball could hit us at, any time and you just kind of got to deal with it and this is going to sound weird to say but i'm we're so lucky that the newborn isn't mobile like (laughs) if if like if he could somehow walk now it would just be insanity
1: yeah yeah um
0: let's talk about the show yeah
1: my biggest question for you with this show with your kind of show that is topical and timely and of the week does everything change post-pandemic does it change what you think about news what's current what matters yeah the whole world feels different how different will your show have to be
0: yeah so for us like the real thing that just kind of pulled into focus for me was look like so much of the show even pre-covid and we still had a pretty a pretty wide aperture at the way we looked at the world and global news. But now post-COVID and the way that it affects all of us, my focus going into this with the writers and the researchers was, hey, we gotta talk about things that are really affecting people's everyday lives, which is why our first episode out the gate was rent and evictions. And that sort of urgency just informed a lot of the way in which we're talking about stuff on the show and especially this batch of episodes. So that, that put a lot of these stories that we had been tracking for a long time, it, I, it put them in the driver's seat in a very new and interesting way. And I just kind of mm. want to attack them gotcha. that way.
1: Yeah. Are there some things that have just fallen by the wayside, like things that you just don't care about anymore post-COVID? Like I find myself totally reassessing how much I care about celebrity gossip. I used to like to follow it, it used to be (laughs) interesting. And now I'm like, unless it's a celebrity being smart and helping somebody, I don't care about them anymore. Like, are there things for you where you're just like, I used to care about that, not anymore?
0: This is gonna sound so weird. It made me look at, uh, you, you can judge me, but this is the truth it made me look oh, yeah. at even stuff like i'm a sneakerhead i love sneakers i've i've loved collecting them i i it's a it's this weird thing that i even look forward to like oh man yeah. these new jordans are coming out the jordan 5 you know the the white and fire red air jordan 5s are coming yeah. out and they dropped during covid and and it made me think about something it made me think like wait i i have like 50 pairs of shoes <laughs> what am i doing <laughs> Yeah, who am I going to yeah. show them off to? Like, I'm going to put these on and wear them in front of who? You know, like it put it yeah. put it put this sort of like the like the consumerism of something that brought me joy, but it put it in perspective. What actually really does matter?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot about food differently now. Like, I'm a foodie. I like to spend my disposable income going to bougie restaurants and trying new foods. Uh-huh. I'm into the rankings and the list and the reviews. Okay. And, like, I still care about food a lot, but now I'm kind of like, that bougie stuff doesn't matter. Like, how are people eating? What is our food supply looking like? How can I cook for myself and cook for others that I love? Like, I still like food, but I got to think about it differently and less self-importantly than before. And I feel like you can still care about... (laughs) consumerism and things that you like and shoes and, and but, but like, how do you think about it differently?
0: Well, well, well for, me. for me, the thing that I, that I thought about, I had to just do some personal reflecting on is just like, is now the time to, to buy things and try to flex do you know what I mean? That this mm-hmm. doesn't this yeah. does not no, feel like the no time space to do it. No <laughs> yeah, space yeah. for flexing. Like, this right the, 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 no space for flexing. No flex zone. Literally, yeah. no flex yeah, zone. Yeah, look, I know look, in terms of the flexes you can do, yeah, uh, you know, a $150 pair of shoes or whatever isn't the the most egregious thing, but still like it made me think about like come on dude, you have more than enough. And it, and I think it's something that we even talked about on the show like the 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 certain kind of dietary and consumption habits that we have as a country like is fast fashion going to be the, sh- the same when we come out of this you know yeah yeah tens of millions of people have applied for unemployment and that number keeps going up like i think the way in which we look at the world and the way we'll want to consume is going to be different or it could be the complete opposite totally. i don't know but I, I i feel in this moment right now we are going to have to look at it in a in a, in a different way
1: one of the things I really enjoy about your show and about who you are as just a human being is that you're one of the few celebrities in your work and in your life who's comfortable talking about faith and spirituality. Hmm. And I'm really interested in how all creatives deal with that issue more post-COVID because whether we admit it or not, as a country right now, per capita, we are praying and believing and hoping to some higher power more than we were before. We just are. Yeah. And I wonder if this moment of national crisis has done anything to your relationship with faith, which you talked about before. Like, are you a different kind of Muslim now? Or a different kind of person with higher
0: power now? What's really interesting is is that right now it's the month of Ramadan. So, you know, Muslims around the world were fasting. um, And this is like a holy month for us. And to me... The the toughest thing about Ramadan to me, and I've had to mourn it a little bit, is so much of this is based around community. But, you know, mm. community prayers aren't happening. Mosques aren't open right now. You know, at during Ramadan mm. at night you go to the mosque and you do night prayers, or you have people over for iftar to break fast. And you literally, you know, bake break bread with neighbors and friends. And it's this, it's this month-long thing that is entirely built around community. And I didn't realize that so much of the kind of strength that I get from it uh, comes from that communal aspect of actually touching and being around people. My religious identity has never been about, uh, you know, the dogma per se. And a lot of times I -hmm. I struggled with growing up. um, There seemed to be this, a very transactional relationship with, a person in God, you know, if I pray this many times, if I do this this many times, I will get Mm -hmm. X or Y, you know, and every, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think every, most of the Abrahamic faiths have this, this very strange, like super Mario brothers level up, type of thing of like if you collect oh, yeah. if you collect this many coins you get to this part of heaven and if you do this on this night yeah. you get the you get to take the green tunnel into this part of this unique spiritual world like exactly that's never done and it's it not
1: for... just reward like it's also guilt-based as well so yeah. it's not just if you get all the coins it's if you don't get the coins mm, you really <laughs> oh, screwed oh, yeah, up yeah, and yeah, embarrassed yeah, gonna, god and your family
0: yeah you're gonna go down to where bowser is yeah yeah but bowser like <laughs> lives in a fiery pit yeah that never did exactly. it for me. To me, it was, again, it was always about when I think about it, it's always about, like, oh, I'm, I'm doing iftar with my, you know, my nana and nani or my dada and daddy. And, you know, it's wearing kurta pajama and getting dressed up in a kurta for Eid and getting, like, dressed up with my wife and, oddly enough, like, flexing on Eid. Like, that's a thing. Like, you get dressed up and you wear cool clothes <laughs> and, and, like, everybody takes yeah. photos and you take over the gram for a day. It's a thing, but... Mm-hmm there's these just moments, shaking hands, hugging, these yeah. things that are now yeah. gone, and it, um, it so, bumps yeah. me out. Yeah.
1: Does that absence you think make your faith stronger or weaker?
0: So I'll speak for myself. It's made it tougher for me because uh. being around friends, like in person, being around people in the community... You know, one of the places that I love in New York is the ICNYU, which is great. Like, it's it's the mosque. It's, like, on the NYU campus. It's this great mix of all sorts of different types of people. And I think the New York Muslim community is really interesting in the sense that there's so many different mosques that speak to so many different communities. There's, like, there's a Bengali mosque and there's, like, one mm-hmm. that only the cab drivers go to. And then there's, like, a black mosque. And there's all these different communities that all come together. Um, in different parts of the city and depending where you are, you can just kind of pop in and plug into a completely different part of the Muslim world, which is so cool. That's gone. I don't have that. And so when I, w- you know, when you have these conversations with people that are in person, they might give you a gem or you might hear something in a khutbah or a sermon that's like, it uh, gives you like energy uh, or a new way to look at the world. That's so different than getting it from a YouTube video or even getting it from a Zoom call. And that, that, Is a thing that i miss
1: yeah oh i don't imagine you know speaking of like faith and how we're just reconceptualizing it in the midst of this pandemic i think a lot about the way that you responded very thoughtfully to the blowback over your episode on saudi arabia last year
0: as muslims we have to pray towards mecca we make pilgrimage to mecca we access god through saudi arabia a country that i feel does not represent our values but hassan There are a lot of things people are conflicted about. Look at Amazon. Amazon's messed up. Yeah, I don't pray towards Seattle, okay? (laughs) Saudi Arabia is only 2% of the entire Muslim population. But whenever Saudi does something wrong, Muslims around the world have to live with the consequences. We did an episode um, on our show, Patriot Act, uh, about uh, the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Um, and it was pulled uh, from Netflix in Saudi Arabia, and it kind of became this big international uh, discussion on global censorship and what you're allowed to say and not say.
1: One of the things that stuck with me was, you know, wondering why this was the one show that Saudi targeted as being anti-Muslim, and, and what is the thing that makes us say or makes others say, this makes you a good Muslim and this makes you a bad Muslim, and I think about that a lot because I know so many Muslims in my life yeah. where they live their life, they are secular, they are having sex outside of marriage, they're doing whatever they want to do, right. but they'll never eat pork <laughs> yeah
0: that's and it's kind rule. of like yeah that's okay. the one that's the one that's the one i don't know why like yeah, right be like hey, is there pepperoni on that pizza yep i I don't know. I, <laughs> I've never tried to look at spirituality. Anytime I've looked at it in a way, or I've tried to, to work with it in a way where, it, it feels very. Um, anytime it's felt limiting, I've I've had a natural inclination to kind of back away from it, and I've never sort of defined myself mm. spiritually uh, through, you know, an oppositional or opposites type framework. I'm, my, my my family, we're Indian American Muslim, right? I've never defined myself by saying, hey, I'm Indian. And by being Indian, that means I'm not Pakistani. Or I'm Muslim, that means I'm not Christian or I'm not Hindu. I've never defined myself that way. That's such a limiting way to w- look at the world. Yeah. So much of like my identity is informed by different cultures and different things that have shaped me in a unique way. Like just because I'm mm-hmm. Muslim, that doesn't mean mm-hmm. I can't do yoga. Even though that's like a Hindu practice yeah. that <laughs> comes from Hinduism. I'm like... Any of these things that have come from, you know, other cultures and religious practices or beliefs, like if it makes if it vibes with me, I'm with it. You know, uh, I'm kind of mm. like PlayStation mm. Three. Like you know how it's backwards compatible? I'll play the other <laughs> games. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. How long did it? T- was that always your mo with this, or did you grow into that?
0: You know, my wife, she comes from a Hindu family, right? Okay. And I remember when we were in college and we were first like you know, talking to each other, and we're having our little, like, Montague versus Capulet, like, should we do this? Can we do this? (laughs) That sort of thing, right? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things when when you're in your 20s, and you're like, are are we going to do this? Are we not going to do this? Will this relationship go the distance or not? And I remember she said, will you not be with me because of something I can't control? Hmm. I.e., like, the family that I grew up in, and all that sort of stuff. And she said, it'd be really sad if, like, this all ended because of something that, like, I had no control over and I just remember us both kind of talking about that and I'm like yeah that would be horrible what also what a limiting way to look at the world that like these arbitrary lines that were kind of drawn through you know history and all of these sort of things I certainly hoped and I, and I hope our life shows this that our love was able to transcend those things. And I don't mean that just in like a cheesy Bollywood way, but I mean that like in a in a real way, you know?
1: You know, thinking about what you were just saying, this idea of like the rules to follow, the levels to level up on, getting the points, Mario World style. I grew up like strict strict Pentecostal and it was very much a rules-based system. I'm not gonna list for you all the, all the weird rules, but like we couldn't go to school dances or the movies, uh-huh. women couldn't cut their hair, I mean, I, a lot. Right. And I had this moment where I just realized towards adulthood all the people telling me to follow all those rules they weren't following all the rules
0: themselves
1: (laughs) and I wasn't mad at them for hiding that from me but I did say to myself okay let me just leave a rules-based system because it was low-key a sham anyway got it the rules are always impossible to adhere to totally right yeah totally it's
0: always too many rules sure (laughs) I mean yeah I mean yeah like look like Islam definitely has a lot of rules and and look depending on who you talk to I have you know different degrees of muslim friends there's just there's levels to this game like I got I got best yeah. friends that only eat halal meat right and then like I'm like look mm-hmm. as long as it's not pork I'm good and I think if anything if covid's taught us anything like the hindus had it right all along we all just got to be vegetarian <laughs> um the the biggest thing that I I wish I just wish like more communities embraced and more people just embraced in general is just because somebody doesn't reflect your worldview or your interpretation of the faith back to you, that doesn't mean they're quote unquote a bad Muslim or bad Christian or bad whatever. And I think a lot of times yeah, people find themselves in that position where if you don't reflect that thing back to them, they'll feel like you've let them down or you're doing something wrong. And again, that just feels limiting to me, you know?
1: Yeah. The only rule is kindness. Yeah. You can't be kind. It's, it's not worth it. It's
0: so wild to me also, right? I grew up in a, in a Muslim household. Yeah. It's Ramadan. It's the holy month, all these things. You're supposed to be on your best behavior. You're not, you're not, not only are you supposed to fast, you know, you're, you're so supposed to abstain from food and drink and sex from sunrise to sunset. You're also not supposed to slander or backbite, all of these things, right? You're supposed to fast to cleanse yeah. your soul. But one of, the, one of my best friends and one of the most ethical human beings, Prashant, who's the co-creator and showrunner of our show, he's an atheist and he is one of the kindest human beings that I've ever met in my life. Like, he is more <laughs> just and fair than any Muslim person I've ever met in my life. Like, how crazy is that? So these like strict yeah. rules to me, like I kind of, the older I got, I kind of threw them out the window because life is way more complicated than... The dogma that's written on paper, you know.
1: Exactly, and like I don't have time or space to let rules and dogma keep me from joy. Sure. To keep me from a new experience or a new person that might open up my world even more, you know. So don't let rules get in the way. So
0: Sam, do you consider yourself a pure hedonist, or do you, Are you like, no, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll put some, I'll put some guards up.
1: I am a hedonist who still believes in Jesus Christ. There well we go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like,
0: right.
1: I never stopped believing in God, but I definitely just got to a point where, like, I was like, I'm not going to church anymore, and that's fine. Perhaps I end up in a church again one day because, like, I miss black gospel music. That like, is just good. <laughs> right. okay. and I used to play in the church band, so I missed that. Okay. But, yeah, I haven't been inside of a church in oof, a while.
0: Do you miss just the the feeling of going to a place? And where there's a bunch of people just gathering, do you miss that feeling?
1: Oh, yeah. I miss that. I miss, like, th- the folks that I grew up going to church with, like, they were my cousins. They were my family. I yeah. called them my family, yes. right? Um, I also miss, like, the thing that happens in a lot of places of worship. Um, you enter a trance-like state. Either the music takes you there or yeah. the prayer takes you there or the sermon takes you there, but you kind of get to this moment in the service where you've, like, gone to some higher plane. And yeah. You just feel it. So, And I think a lot of folks find that at music festivals or in the bar when they're drunk enough, right. but, like, getting that high in a church setting feels very healthy.
0: So what has replaced that now for you, Burning Man? Netflix.
1: Netflix? <laughs> 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 when Netflix hits right and you got the ice cream uh, with you right, and it's right, like, right, right, right. and the blanket's really cozy, you've gone to Sam, a higher plane. Sam, I get plane. it, man. We're all chasing that feeling. Cream.
0: We're all chasing that feeling. I get it. I right? Get, I get it. We're all chasing it. Yeah.
1: What is it for you now?
0: Um... Man, I i mean, I'm lucky. Like, I get to do what I love to do, but there are moments. Like, uh, the other night, like, me and Prashant were up to, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, like, finessing the script. And mm. there's a moment where you'll hit this creative flow where it almost feels like you're Neo and you can see the Matrix. Everything kind of locks in. And you forget about yeah. time and you're just really having a lot of fun. It's kind of like that moment when you feel the coffee hit in the morning. Like if you have that oh, 9 yeah. a.m. coffee oh, yeah. and then right, like right around 9.17, you're like, oh, yeah, here we go. Like my processor is mm-hmm. running smoothly right now. Uh, it's that, that that sort of creative flow where you're just having pure joy. It all makes sense. The writing process and art. That's super fun. And then there's just, there's these moments outside of career stuff that um that are just beautiful in terms of family. So like... Um, I'll chase my daughter around and, and um, she's into hiding now. You know, she's like really into the idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the perception of like space and being able to hide behind mm-hmm. a, an object and then pop out. Like she understands that now. And so I, I was doing that with her like right before I put her to bed the other night and she just burst, burst out laughing so hard. And um, I kind of picked her up That's and I was high. holding her. Yeah, yeah, and like, and it was just like pure joy. Oh. It was pure, like, unadulterated joy. I forgot yeah. about show business. I forgot about, you know, what people thought about the show. I forgot about Twitter. I forgot about the pressure of yeah. hosting. I thought of yeah. forgot about all those things. And it was this very primal human moment of just like, I just want to make you happy. And I just want to be here with you. Yeah. And this is the best feeling in the world. And yeah. And yeah. I got to get a kid. I got a good kid. They sound fun. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, or if, if if the Netflix and ice ice cream is working for you, man, if like Netflix and salted caramel is working for you, <laughs> some Talenti and, and some yeah, Netflix, and it. dude, it's it's a lot cheaper. I'll tell you that.
1: Um, like my biggest takeaway in this whole crazy moment when it comes to belief for other things, it's like either option is messy.
0: Hmm.
1: Choosing to lean into to belief is going to be messy. Choosing not to is going to be messy because life is messy. Yeah. And so like, don't expect any one thing to fix it all, and to make everything pristine. It'll never be pristine.
0: That's cool. I think, and I think one go thing forth that knowing that, I think one thing that has definitely happened with me, and you know, the older I've gotten, this is like a frustration I was having. I was, I was talking to my dad about this, and I was like, Dad, like the more mm-hmm. I learn about like the world and spirituality and faith and all that stuff, the more questions I have. And my dad said something that I was, I was like, that's actually pretty profound. He was like. He said, don't worry about the number of questions. Just worry about, as you get older, which questions become more clear and solidified Mm. and focus on that. Mm. And I was thinking about that. What I mean by that is that, like, there's a lot of sort of just, like, you know, there's the small potato stuff where you, you can go deep into the rabbit hole of the Torah and the Talmud and the Quran and the Sunnah and all these things. These very, like, minute, minute things. but But... What my dad was talking about was like, what are the big things that like have really sort of solidified? And it's okay if you go your entire life trying to figure those things out. And I think one of the big things that has been solidified for me, especially because of the pandemic and doing Ramadan during the pandemic too, is what actually matters? Like what actually matters in my day-to-day life? Like, I have this job, I have this career. I do these things, Bina, my wife, she has this job and she has this career. What are we doing it for? Like what is what actually matters? And I think those things have been we're starting to see them a little bit clearer. And I think that's a good thing. And 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 maybe and maybe as like I get older I'll continue to try to figure those things out. But maybe if the questions become a little bit more solidified and I just spend the rest of my life working on those big questions, you know? Yeah.
1: Thanks again to Hassan Minhaj for talking with me. The new season of his Netflix show, Patriot Act, is streaming right now on the Netflix. This episode was produced by Andrea Gutierrez. It was edited by Jordana Hochman. Listeners, we're back Friday. Till then, stay safe, stay healthy. I'm Sam Sanders. We'll talk soon.
0: Thanks for listening to that episode of It's Been a Minute, hosted by the great Sam Sanders, featuring comedian Hassan Minhaj. If you liked what you heard, subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come back next week for another great episode of Asian Enough, this time featuring the writer, model, TV host, foodie, Padma Lakshmi. See you then, and stay safe.